Hey, Pastor Stephen here. Welcome to the Abundant Springs podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to check us out online at AbundantSprings.Church. And now, on to this week's message. We've probably heard some of these sayings. Uh, have you ever heard the one, nothing is certain in life except for death and taxes? Have you ever heard that one? My, my grandpa had one. He said, life is short, eat dessert first. I liked my grandpa. He's a good man. Or how about this? Make the most of life that you can. And we've all heard carpe diem, right? Seize the day. What all of these point to is the reality that life is short. All of them point to the reality that the time that we have is finite. It it takes our attention off of right now and and it begins to to pull it a little bit more to, wow, we got to get things done. And, and man, there's, there's truth in each one of these things, right? In fact, it, it's biblical. Uh, James, the brother of Jesus, writes, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here for a little while, and then it's gone. I just figured today that we would start off our service by getting everybody really depressed. You know? What, what's life like? It's like fog. It, it's here one moment, and then it's gone. Man, oh, man. Right? Like it feels pointless when we think about life this way, how short it is. You know, there's got to be more to it than that, right? And this is the, the call that so many of our hearts cry out to is there's got to be more to life than this. There's got to be more to life than this. The last couple of weeks, we have been in a series called Generous. And this is a a series about generosity that's different from a lot of the ones that you've heard uh, if you've been in churches for a while, because what we're not focusing on is your money, okay? And and we do believe that God calls us to be generous with everything, and you'll hear in there, we're, we're saying God is calling all of us to recognize that we don't own anything, that everything we are given is given to us in trust, that we are stewards who need to be investing it for him. But you're also going to hear me talk about things like your abilities, right? You're going to hear me talking about the fact that our generosity is tied to love, that love always results in generosity. You see that in parents, you see that in grandparents, right? And today we're going to talk about time. We're going to talk about time. See, I, I believe, I truly believe that when we look at the brevity of life, there's two ways that we can end up responding to it. The one is to say life doesn't matter anyways. It's so short. It's going to be here today and gone tomorrow. So I'm just going to enjoy my life. I'm going to do whatever feels good. I'm going to do whatever makes me happy. We've all met these people, right? Maybe, maybe you've been one of those people. You're just like, I'm just going to take every moment and I'm going to find any meaning I can in every moment, but you've gone to the wrong things. Or there's other people and they're just like, you know what, I'm going to do everything that I can to make life better, but man, then I'm gone and, and what does it matter? But there's another way that we can look at it too. If we begin to realize that life is short and therefore it is just a blip in our eternity and yet very important, it begins to change how we live our lives. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, today I just ask that you will begin to reframe our understanding of life. Lord God, that you will begin to open our hearts to be generous with our time. That we wouldn't be people who are ruled by our busyness, but Lord God, that we would be people that take stock and give you the greatest and the first of everything we have. 
Lord Jesus, begin to refocus us on you. And take these feeble human words that I'm about to speak and make them something worthwhile. Through the power of your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah. If you guys can go to the, the, the next slide there, that would be great. We, we've all heard, or at least I have, this thing, you know, he's so heavenly minded, he's of no earthly good. Have, have you heard that before? Right? And maybe there's the odd person that's like that. Maybe it's the person that loves reading the Bible and talking about God with their Christian friends, but they never actually go out and do what the Bible says. Right? James actually tells us not to do that. He says it's, it's kind of dumb. If you, if you read the Bible and you for, don't do what it says, you, know, you just deceive yourself. You're like someone looking at his face in a mirror and walking away and immediately forgetting what he looks like. It's not a good way to live your life. So sure, there's people like that, but here's what C.S. Lewis, the, uh, the apologist and author, what he said. He said, if you read history, you will find that the Christians who did the most for the present world were just those who thought the most of the next. He recognized that your perspective on life, that your perspective on eternity will dictate how you live in this world. And so when you are truly, when, you, when your focus is truly on the next life, is truly on eternity, then you are called to do great things in this world. You begin to use your time differently than others might. And we see that throughout history as Christians pioneered opening hospitals, pioneered the idea of adoption. Things that were unheard of in the ancient world. One example, a great example that we have of, of how an eternal focus can impact the way that we live is the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, he wrote a large chunk of the Christian scriptures. A large chunk of it. Letters that he was writing to churches to help them sort things out and theological treaties that, uh, that he wrote to help just bring together what our beliefs should be. He was a, a brilliant man, a brilliant scholar, but he also suffered so much for Jesus. Suffered so much. He, he, was, he was stoned. Hang on. Not this. Big rocks throwing, okay? He was stoned on numerous occasions to the point where he was actually thought dead. He was imprisoned multiple times. He was beaten multiple times, shipwrecked on numerous occasions, bitten by poisonous snakes and survived. And he didn't give up. He kept on going forward. In fact, this is what he wrote while in prison to the church in Philippi. He said, for to me, living means living for Christ and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. Can you imagine that? You're in prison, right? You've gone through all these things for Jesus and you're like, you know, I could live and that would be a good thing because then I could do more for Jesus. But if I died, I'd be with Jesus, and that would be pretty good. Like, Paul's entire focus in this moment is not, man, I really got to get out of here, or man, life stinks, but it's actually like Jesus and eternity and your eternity. And so he endured, and he kept going. Friends, focusing on eternity will change your view of now. 
Focusing on eternity will change your view of now. See, most of us, most of us, we have a view of our lifetime that's like this, right? It starts and it ends. And so what you have here is, is you, got, you, you, know, you got born or, or conceived or whatever you want to say, and, and then here you got death. And for some of us, it's, it's a relatively long line, and for some of us, it's unfortunately, you know, a little shorter. But this is how we see life. We, we see it as like there's a start and there's an end, and I've only got so much time, and I've got to make the most of it as I can, and, and man, I don't want to do anything to make me uncomfortable and make my line go like this, because that's, that's really not nice, and, and, and you know, I just want to be successful. I want my line to like kind of go up a little bit, and I don't want to do anything that makes my line shorten, because that would be really sad. Like, this is how we view life, you know? So everything that we do, it's, it's based on how can we make this as nice for ourselves as we can. But the problem is, is that that isn't what life is truly like. I, I believe in this, and the Bible teaches that life is actually something that goes beyond this world, that we are eternal creatures with eternal souls. And so instead, what we actually see is that, you know, this rope is eternity, right? No beginning, no end. It just keeps on going. And what I've done is I've expanded your life to probably bigger in the scope of eternity than it actually is so that you can see it in the back, okay? In the, in the, in the sphere of eternity, when you frame your life by eternity, this is what your life is. This is your life on earth, but your life, it, it continues. It keeps on going and going and going. It, it doesn't end, right? Oh, stupid. I've got a knot now. Anyways, you know, it, it's, it just keeps on going. Eternity is a long time. It's forever. And we keep on living on. Man, when you compare your life on earth to your life in eternity that's so long that I got it twisted up, I'm sorry for messing up your eternity. You know, it, it, it's a powerful thing. I mean, think about it. what does viewing your life in, in relation to eternity, what does that do to how you live your life? What does that do to how you view life? here on earth, how you view the challenges that come up, how you view the fear that's in your heart. When Pastor Stephen says you should really be sharing your faith with people and you go, but, but they might look down on me or they might not want to be my friend or they might give me you know, the middle finger. I, I don't know what they're going to do. I'm so afraid, Pastor Stephen. Well, when you put it in, in light of eternity, suddenly it's not such a big deal. But you, know, you might also say, well, life is so small compared to eternity that I'm just going to live life however I want because it doesn't matter. But that's not the case either. Scripture tells us that how we use this life impacts our eternity. That it's hugely important. In fact, because of Jesus' death and resurrection, what we're told is, is that he paid the price for all the things that we've done that separate us from God, all the sin that, that we do in the world that has broken God's design, that has caused death, has caused turmoil, all the bad things in life. We, we, we see that... that Jesus paid the price. And that where there was no hope, he offers us hope and he offers us an eternity spent with God in heaven. And so that, that point in life of saying, yes, I trust in Jesus and I'm going to follow him, it determines where you spend eternity. Right? It determines where all of this is spent. But did you know that how you live for Jesus in this time determines the way in which you spend eternity in that place. 
Hebrews 6 verse 10, the writer of Hebrews says, For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers as you still do. He's not unjust. You're not going to go through stuff here and he's going to be like, well, that's nice. Thanks for doing that. I don't really care. That's not him. He's also not going to ignore it and be like, well, thanks. I really appreciate that. But there's, there's nothing for you. You know, I don't have anything extra for you. In fact, what we see is Jesus makes a lot of, I'm going to stop holding that. I'm going to trip. Jesus makes a lot of promises related to eternity. Jesus promises possessions in heaven. He promises us possessions in heaven. He, he says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus promises you possessions in heaven. He also promises pleasures in heaven. Did you, did you hear that? We oftentimes think that following Jesus is like a, uh, you know, we, we get this mistaken idea that there's no fun. There's no pleasure in life if you follow Jesus. He, he, he's a killjoy, right? Have you heard your friends talk about that before? But what we're told is that there are eternal pleasures in heaven. He also promises us power and honor in heaven. And praise in heaven. And he promises us people in heaven. And I need to explain this one promises us people in heaven. Jesus said, and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. Think about the power in that. For the person that decides that they're not going to get married because they want to focus on serving Jesus. That whatever they give up here, they will receive a hundredfold. Picture that. The, the couple that can't conceive. And so instead, they begin to pour into the next generation in their community and in their church. Or they begin to adopt children. Right? That's going to multiply a hundredfold. In the kingdom. The person whose family rejects them because of the choice they've made to follow Jesus, and maybe they're following Jesus in a radical faction, right? They're, they're going all out for him, and people are like, you got to slow down, man. You got to slow down. This is crazy. Or in some cultures where they say, you're dead to me, that person will receive a hundredfold what they have given up for Jesus. Not only that, but when we arrive in heaven, I truly believe that those that have passed before us, that we have impacted with the gospel of Jesus Christ, that they will be there in heaven. And when we arrive, they will say, thank you. You don't know the impact you had on my life. And friends, the great truth is, is that both here and in heaven, when we follow Jesus, we gain a heavenly family. What a wonderful thing. Jesus promises us his presence in heaven. I mean, I, I, now don't get me wrong. I'm sure that there will be like wrapped presence in heaven for you as well. But his presence, it, he will be with us in heaven. 
So what's really amazing to me is that as we read the promises of scripture, we actually find out that all the things that we think we're giving up in life by following Jesus wholeheartedly, you know, giving Jesus our time, man, I, I lost out on that experience. I lost out on that thing. You're storing up even greater things in eternity. And remember, your life is so small compared to eternity. So the small sacrifice that seems so big now is going to reap such great rewards throughout eternity. And the great thing is, as we just heard, these eternal things will be yours forever. They will not be lost. The way that things can be lost in such an instance was shown in a powerful way to us here in our community. As a building that stood for 116 years, burned to the ground in one day gone. We can think that things are stable here. We can think that we can have some semblance of control, some semblance of order in this life. Yet the fact of the matter is, is that everything that we hold on to here can be gone in an instant. But up there, it's ours forever. Friends, what you do on earth affects your eternity and impacts others' eternity too. It's a truth we need to remember. What you do on earth impacts your eternity or affects your eternity and impacts others' eternity too. That conversation that you have with someone where you talk about something Jesus did in your life and they just kind of like smile, that polite smile, and they walk away and you figure, well, I blew it there. No, no, no. You have impacted someone's eternity and you have affected yours. Okay. Evangelism, telling people about Jesus, it's not defined by how many people you get to fall to their knees and say, yes, Jesus is Lord. Evangelism is defined by entering into the conversations the Holy Spirit is already having with the people around you. Being faithful and obedient. So friends, we must be generous with our time, investing the gift that God has given each of us to further his purposes and plan. Because friends, I want my life on earth to matter beyond just earth. Don't you? In fact, what I really want is I want Jesus to look at me when I arrive on heaven's doorstep and to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Now enter into my rest. What I never want to hear is I never knew you. But what I also never want to hear is, yeah, come on in. I want him to say those words, well done, well done. You heeded the call. You lived life with open hands and an open heart. Now enter into my rest. So how do we live like this? The Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. How are we generous with our time? How can we invest our time wisely? Well, he says here, analyze your lifestyle. We need to analyze our lifestyles. I have heard so many people, and I've said this too, I don't have enough time. Have you ever heard that? Right? Yes, I know it would be really good for me to come to church. I like church, but I just don't have enough time. It would be really good for me to read my Bible. It would be really good for me to pray. I don't have time. 
Yes, God, I know that you want me to stop and have a conversation with that person. I feel you're, you're leading. I, I'm so busy, God. I got to get to that meeting. I got to get to the next thing. Right? We, we've been there. There just isn't enough time in the day. But let me ask you this. Have you ever actually stopped and recorded how much time you do everything that you do for a week or two? It's a horrible exercise, but I highly recommend that you do it, all right? So basically what you do is you're preparing a meal, you write down how long you did that, you're sleeping, you write down how you did that, you're driving to work, at work, all these things, everything that you do for like a week or two, you just write down how much time you spent doing that, and then you start to add things up, and what you will find is, is that, in fact, you do have a lot of time. You just use it poorly. I do. I do. Maybe you're going to find that you watch too much TV. I'm not going to give you a number for what is too much TV because you've you got to determine that you and God, okay? But maybe it's too much TV or, or maybe you're so bogged down with your kids' activities because you think little Billy, by putting them in soccer in Pincher Creek, is going to turn into a World Cup soccer player when he, like, trips every five feet, you know? And, and you can't only have him in that. He also has to be in fencing. I don't know if they have fencing here. And judo, because, you know, he's so clumsy that he has to be able to defend himself, right? And, and swimming lessons, and let's put them in baseball too. And, and now you add in your second kid, your third kid. You've got to keep them just as busy. And guess, yeah, you don't have a life. So maybe your kids are in too many activities, and you just need to be like, you know what? Our family and our relationship with God comes before you just being busy all the time. And you know what? You're doing your kids a favor doing your kids a favor. There's so much that distracts us from what matters, and it's different for all of us. It could be TV, it could be social media, it could be music, parties, sports, excessive sleep, obsessive hobbies, so many things. But if we analyze our lifestyle, we're on our way to begin to realize how things can shift. The Apostle Paul continues in verse 16, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. And he's not saying that every day is like this evil, evil thing. But it is pretty messed up out there. And the days are short, right? And they're often full of pain. And there's a lot of need for Jesus out there. And so once we've analyzed our lifestyle, we also need to utilize your present. Utilize your present. Let me ask you this. If you went to the doctor and they told you you have six months or even six weeks to live, how would you use your time? Would you continue to binge watch Netflix? Would you continue to scroll your Facebook and Instagram and TikTok feeds? Right? What would you do with your life at six months left to live? Scripture says we must quickly carry out the tasks assigned to us by the one who sent us because the night is coming and then no one can work. Jesus actually says the time is short. The time is short. We need to quickly carry out the task. There's no longer any room to say, yes, Jesus, I'll do it tomorrow. Or yes, Jesus, I'll I'll get around to it when I'm comfortable. No, we have to quickly carry out the task because we don't know how long we live. Live all in for Jesus now. You don't know if you have a tomorrow. The the writer of Proverbs, he wrote, don't brag about tomorrow since you don't even know what the day will bring. You might not wake up tomorrow morning. 
Or you might walk out the steps today, take a step onto the street without looking. Someone goes sliding through the intersection on the ice that's outside and smacks into you and cracks your head open on the pavement and everyone freaks out and everybody else runs out. They slip on the ice and they all die too. You never know. (sighs) Got to utilize our present because it could be all we have. Verse 17, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Understand what he wants you to do. Analyze your lifestyle. Utilize your present. Prioritize your responsibilities. Prioritize. There are a lot of useless things that you could do. And there are lots of good things that you could do. But there's only enough time in life to focus on on the great things that God says are worth doing. Someone once wrote that good is the enemy of great. And the only truly great things in this world is following God's plan for you. Yes, you need to take time to rest, okay? Don't don't get me wrong. You need to sleep. You need to take care of yourself. Even hobbies can be good. They can connect you with other people. They can help you to decompress. All these things, they're, they're good, but... For most of our schedules, things are way out of whack. Most of the time that we spend on things, it's way, way beyond what it should be. But God has a purpose for each of our lives. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He has a purpose for you, for you, for you, for you, for you. And for you, and if I didn't point at you, he has a purpose for you too. I just, I'm already over time and, and I, I don't want to be here forever. He has a purpose for all of us. And he also gives all of us certain responsibilities. There are responsibilities that every person has from God. The first one is this time with and for God. We, we have to prioritize that. That includes your personal walk with God through Bible reading, through prayer, listening in prayer. It includes spiritual growth through coming to church, being with other believers, learning together, encouraging one another, building each other up, training and equipping each other. Uh, Groups, when we have them running, getting together and having that fellowship together and and learning from one another in another way. Or or seminars, come to the Hearing God seminar. It's a a good way to, to build up your relationship with God as well. And not only gathering things, but also giving in ministry. Do you know that we're all called to be ministers, that we all have a ministry and that none of us are called to be spectators? Another responsibility, time with your family, marriage and children. Yes, we need time with and for God, but listen, if your family never sees you because you're always in the prayer closet, then you're actually not honoring God. Time with your family, marriage and children. Time at work and school. We have responsibilities. Work is not an evil thing. Work is something given to us by God. Okay, and we, we have to take care of our families. And those that are in school, you have to do your best at school. You have to honor God in your school. Did you know that work in school can be an act of spiritual worship? We're told that we must do everything as if we were doing it on behalf of Christ, or the glory of God. And so when we're at work and we work with a great attitude and we work hard, smile on our face and people are like that guy is so weird I don't get it 
you're honoring God. You're honoring God. Now, I understand here, I'm not talking about workaholism. Some of us, we, we get working way too much. Our families never see us. We don't have time, don't have time for devotions or anything like that. And, and that's out of balance, okay? But we need that time at work and school. We need time invested in good works towards the family of believers. And not only towards one another, but we need time invested in God's kingdom through good works for unbelievers. Right now, you might be thinking, that's a lot, Pastor Stephen. You want me to look at my time, and maybe I can free up an hour a week, and there's no way I'm doing all of this in an hour. I know it's a lot. But the time is short. And what you do on earth affects your eternity and impacts others' eternity. Someone want to tell me, how many people do you think live in Pincher Creek in the municipal district of Pincher Creek? How many? 6,000? 3,000? I believe the number is six to 8,000 people in Pincher Creek in the municipal district. There's 3,600 in the town of Pincher Creek. There's approximately, say, 10 churches in Pincher Creek, the majority of them running 50 on a Sunday. You know what that tells me? that there are a whole lot of people out there that haven't seen followers of Jesus be generous with their time and their resources to share the good news of Jesus with them or to invite them to partake in service with them. That there's a whole lot of people out there whose eternities haven't been positively impacted, haven't been changed. A lot of people that are living in darkness, a lot of people without hope, who if only, if only, we would spend the time with them. If only we would live as we were called to live. And listen, spending that time with God is part of it because we, we need to live and breathe him. But if people could sense him on us and if we were generous with our time towards people and loved them as we're called to. Even if another 10% over a period of a few years made a decision for Jesus you do the math. You do the math. We're here for a purpose. Every one of us has a calling on our lives. We can make a difference. We can make a change. Today, what I want us to do, because I do believe that this focus on eternity is so utterly important, is I want to call every one of us to every morning pray Psalm 39, 4 to 5 and invest our time generously into what truly matters. In fact, right, right now, all around this place, what I want to do is I want us to pray together this prayer. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. And then remember that while life is short, eternity is long. And let that change how you live this life. In a moment, we're going to partake in communion together. I'm going to invite the music team back up, and in a moment, they're going to sing a song here. And I mentioned before 
but what Jesus did for us, what he did for you, what he did for everyone out there. God's heart is a generous heart filled with love. He loves these people. He loves you. And he desires more than anything else to be in a relationship with you, for there to be intimacy, for him to draw you out of your brokenness into God's design. And this morning, if after hearing about eternity and hearing about Jesus, something in your heart has stirred and you're saying, I need this Jesus. I want to serve him. I want to accept him. I want this life, Pastor Stephen. Then what I'm going to do right now is I'm just going to invite everyone to close their eyes and bow their heads right now all around this room. No one looking around. And, and what, what we're going to do is just so everyone feels comfortable, whether you're actually praying this prayer or not, will you repeat after me as I pray? And if you pray this prayer from your heart, know that you today are committing your life to Jesus and he is committed to you. Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner and I know I deserve the consequence of that sin. But I trust in you, Jesus. Your work on the cross that I am forgiven. Your resurrection that I am victorious and have life. I commit to follow you and give you my whole life from this day forward. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Renew my heart. Change my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Continuing not to look around in this place right now, I'm just going to invite anyone that just prayed that prayer. We believe that community is so important to our walk with Jesus, that we can't do it alone, that we need spiritual guides that we need people that can build us up, that can encourage us, that can push us forward. And so if you're online today and you're, you're listening or watching to this right now or later, will you just send us a Facebook message so that we can connect with you and partner you with someone that can help you through this journey. And, and if you're here in this room and you just prayed that prayer today with no one looking around, will you just slip your hand up so that I can see who you are and make sure that we get a Bible in your hands and, and connect with you today?